You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Welcome to another episode of The Log 2. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Camelo Stanthony podcast. Fanboys of the should-be-playing-playoff-games Phoenix Suns, and occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? I'm all right, buddy. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm good. Happy Friday to you as well, though people who are listening to this, it's probably going to be Saturday when you actually are tuning in. Um, just remember how nice Friday was. Just remember how good your Friday was. Uh, yeah, I'm good. We're getting, Bex and Bert and I are getting settled. We moved to New Hampshire for the fall of my parents' cabin to uh, avoid the 40,000, you know, 20 year olds moving into Michigan. Smart. Smart. So, uh, so we're getting situated. So if my audio goes wonky or anything, you can blame it on uh, New Hampshire's internet in my in my cabin. Are you guys near like, a body of water are you walden ponding it like what's no going it's on a, here? are you starting it's your a, novel it's a mountain it's a mountain wilderness oh. mountainous terrain cool Becca has set up her desk to face over the mountain so that while she is in the throes of law school and hating herself for it uh she at least has a gorgeous view also smart you might also- as well <laughs> leaven the dry ass text with some lovely nature exactly exactly uh all right, well, we postponed the podcast uh, a day because obviously there's a lot uh, to kind of talk about. And and we're going to get into round two predictions because round one, well, it's still some some games are still going on, but I think we have a pretty clear sense of what the round two matchups will be. The NF, the NBA, excuse me, the NBA certainly is, is, is planning on sticking to the schedule that they had uh, instituted earlier uh, in terms of, in terms of round two, you said round two basically starting while round one games are still being played, which is kind of doesn't seem to make sense, but maybe it does. But as I recall, the NBA had said this would be a possibility before the events of this week. Um, right. Well, because the probably they were anticipating some, if games were getting postponed due to COVID rather than due to sure. uh, strikes. And they were like, we're not going to prolong this any more than we have to. Right. Um, and if everything had been a sweep, then it would be like, well, why should we wait? You know, right. like, let's get people out of here three weeks earlier. If we can. Totally. But, so let's, uh, yeah, we're gonna, right we're, now, like I said, we're going to get into round two stuff. But first, yeah. I do want to, like, we should, obviously, we're going to touch on what happened on, what was it, Thursday? No, Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Wednesday, the Bucks uh, striked, struck. What is what's went on they, strike? They went on strike. There, yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. Um, in protest again to police brutality. Um, and 
Jacob Blake uh, and uh, and his being shot in the back seven times uh, by Wisconsin PD. So the Bucks, they said they weren't playing the game uh, against the Magic, and so that game was then postponed. And then across the NBA, Wednesday games were postponed uh, as teams decided to also go on strike and, and protest. And then uh, this also, we saw this across sports too, baseball also, the players. And this is like, I wanted to emphasize this point. This is the players doing. I know both the MLB and the NBA uh, would love to take credit for being the ones who instigated these, uh, you know, these social movements, these protests, but it was entirely player driven. So, uh, and then there was talks about evidently the Clippers and the Lakers there were player meetings um, and both of them had expressed interest of not even playing anymore, not playing in the bubble that has gone. Now, now the playoffs are supposed to start uh, when you're listening to this Saturday uh, tomorrow. Um, and, and because, and the reason players and the NBA were able to come to an agreement is that the NBA uh, decided to, you know, take a, a firmer stand. This was one of the things that LeBron was really adamant about. Uh, and in terms of pushing the, allowing the season to continue forward was that the NBA take a really strong stance in terms of clear steps that they're going to take uh, towards fighting racial injustice and fighting police brutality. Before we get into like exactly what the NBA came out with, Natty, what were your thoughts on this whole kind of event? Well, when it first happened, I was just in admiration of the integrity and courage of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. When they did it, when they refused to play, when they went on strike, they didn't know that anybody else would follow them. They were doing it. That They originally said, we'll forfeit the game. We don't care. Yeah. Like that's how much they believed in it. Giannis obviously, and the rest of them could have been like, oh yeah, well, you know, we'll just delay it. But no, they were like, fuck this. We're not playing. You can have the forfeit. We don't care. They walk the walk. They were just absolutely unapologetically behind doing something substantive. They're not going to play and provide a distraction while the rest of this is going on. Right. And then for LeBron and Kawhi, I mean, before the bubble, LeBron was the most vocal player being like, no, we're fucking playing. We're going to end the season. I'm LeBron James and we're doing this. We're doing it for the country. We're doing it for each other. We're doing it for the health of the league because if the NBA hadn't played, um, the dominoes, the financial dominoes would have been really, really, really difficult to watch fall for. And we talked, and we talked about this too when they were talking about the bubble, how there was a huge sports void to fill, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the NBA stepping into that is huge for its, you know, out of reach in terms of becoming maybe moving up in the rankings of like America's go-to sports since baseball is certainly faltering. And so is football faltering, you know, baseball, the sport is slow as fuck and no one wants to watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. And football, everyone's getting concussed and the league doesn't care about anyone's health. So no one wants to watch it anymore. Well, I like this baseball, but that's fine. I also <laughs> like James Harden. Um, the thing is they, George Hill, a player for the Bucks who has been vociferous and passionate in um, in his statements, he decried the players going to the bubble, saying, "You know what the hell are we doing here? We're not doing a goddamn thing." And he was right. 
but now that's different. They have shown, they have proven their power. So while George Hill was correct before all of this happened, like maybe, and, and Kyrie too. Kyrie, like, yeah, Kyrie know. also had this. That this was Kyrie's whole kind of objection to the bubble was like, Absolutely. "Hey, you're taking you're you're taking us away from our communities in a moment when we can do a lot for those communities, marching and and kind of protesting and being in and around." the people who we, you know, are representing uh, via teams and putting us kind of all stuck in this bubble that we can't escape from. But now the players in the bubble have shown, it's not that George Hill and Kyrie were wrong. It's just that nothing had happened, you know, like they hadn't, they hadn't been proven. The players in the bubble hadn't proven that, you know, having a platform actually would lead to substantive change until now. And that was, incredibly courageous it comes from righteous fury and indignation which is totally correct and the fact that lebron was the most vocal proponent of finishing the season and then from what we've read it seems like he was the most vocal proponent of ending it because fuck this right and Kawhi, like the two la teams the two teams that this year without golden state being in the playoffs those two teams matter so much more than any of the other teams for the future of the NBA, because Mm -hmm. if LeBron wins, then, you know, that's legacy. If Kawhi wins, that's legacy. If either of them win, it's an LA win. Um, Giannis is young. It's not like Kawhi is old, but uh, those LeBron and Kawhi are two of the most important players in the NBA. And they were the two most pissed off. It seems now they're, it was smart, I think, of people to say, all right, let's take the night and then get back tomorrow morning before we make any, you know, put anything in concrete. Right. Um, and I think that pause really allowed the players to see how much power they do have and how good of a thing it is that they decided not to play, that they went on strike, that they demanded things from management and from mm-hmm. their governments. Mm-hmm. Like they, the the Bucks, like instead of, they weren't, you know, doing press or talking to the other teams after they went on strike. They were talking to government officials in Wisconsin. And now all of this has led, it seems like every NBA arena will be open for voting, which is wonderful. That's a great thing. Uh, I believe there's going to be a bunch of money that the league and the owners will be putting towards civil rights programs i mean who knows what yeah they're establishing a a social justice coalition of players coaches and governors uh and then also just kind of yeah creating and including well and they're doing advertising spots now during throughout the playoffs for uh promoting civic engagement and this is from their from the uh, nba's you know press release in national and local which is fine but like if you're george hill you're also like no no no, we're going to give money to down ballot democrats and we're going to give money to like politicians that actually will enact the things that we want. Like we don't care about the window dressing. We understand right. that no, the but have always been, you know, they, they follow the players like this, this sort of occurrence has happened before, obviously. Right. Um, and the leagues are conservative, which makes sense because they're run by rich old, old white, white men. men. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is not to say that, you're bad if you're a rich old white man, but the league <laughs> operates that way. Right. You know, like they're, 
They don't want to offend anybody. And, you know, this is all, it's been four years since Cap knelt in the NFL. Roger Goodell <laughs> said we should have listened to him sooner. Like, that is, I, I laughed out loud when I read that. You have got to be kidding me. But yeah. let's not talk about that. The <laughs> players are seeing that they do have a hell of a lot more power than maybe they had been willing to use for reasons X, Y, and Z, but things have changed. And um, so while I am sympathetic to the people that thought that the bubble and playing was wrong to begin with, I do think that it was the correct decision to do also because it's been safe. I mean, no one has gotten right. COVID wise. It's been extremely effective. Yeah. So um, this is, I I'm just so proud to be, a fan of these NBA players. It just makes me feel good to have liked them and to have believed in them. And uh, they're, this seems like just the beginning for them. Like there's, it's, it doesn't really seem like, okay, well, we're satisfied with this. It seems like we're going to go back and play, but in two days, maybe we'll strike again. If you don't do what we ask you to do. Right. Which are very reasonable demands, by the way. Yes. No, entirely. Well, and it's, yeah, like you said, it's an example of of players being it's finding the way to use their their power, their platform uh and instituting change and uh and you saw it because of as you saw it premier, you know, permeate across sports. Like I said earlier, the, the MLB also uh suspended or you know, the players postponed or suspended games or struck went on strike. There it is. Uh, also in, in protests. And so, well, just speaking of MLB, um, this has been an interesting moment for that sport because it has shown that their population of African-Americans is so much lower than it used to be and Mm. so much lower than it should be. Uh, so I think I am hoping that MLB does some soul searching and wonders, hey, why don't we have pipelines? Why don't we, like, why is the population of this sport, why does the population of this sport look this way? I think a lot of it has to do with maybe some kids in poor communities just don't have access to baseball fields and the equipment. And maybe baseball should think about trying to do something about that. You know, they make nine billion dollars like everybody makes nine billion dollars a year there's plenty of money to be able to do things that won't just help the sport but will help the communities of the fans that support the sports and Mm. for the nba players this entire country's history has been about not letting black men speak and not letting them have agency not let and you know you hear it all the time like just shut up and dribble you know stick to sports these guys are experts in their field they are doctors they are amongst some of the smartest people in the country and not for nothing a bunch of them are millionaires they're also incredibly popular and powerful global figures it's sort of crazy to think that someone would tell someone like that not to speak their mind right but that's the wall that all black people and people of color in this country are up against like they're not even allowed to speak so this is brave on a bunch of different levels but it's also so 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 difficult because you you know i mean 
it's not like all of the police departments all over the country have instantly changed you know like they're right. fighting well, against reforms i mean like you, you said it was just we saw it immediately where you know black black men as nba players make a peaceful protest by sitting out a game and you get all kinds of people being like well this i don't like this don't this isn't how you protest you shouldn't do this why it's they've removed it's it's come to the point where now players have recognized that sports are an escape and that people like that has come to the forefront in my mind is that there's this idea we've always kind of known this and now it's become really it's coming to a head like this is obvious on the line sports are an escape and it is these players have decided that we do not deserve that escape and they are right in doing so and so they have taken it into their own hands and saying look you guys want this you guys want this escape you want to forget about what is going on in the world these social injustices this chaos that is you know surrounding you on a daily basis you want to escape from that Everyone wants to. That's an understandable thing, but we're not going to allow you. We're not going to give you that option because you need to address this. We need to address this. We need to fix these issues if you want. Uh, if you want sports, and I, I forget who said it, and I, it was someone in baseball who I thought said it, but I can't remember. But basically, that like sports are the sign of a functioning country or a, yeah. a functioning nation, and it's just like we're not there. America is not there. We are not a functioning country. We're not a functioning nation right now. And so we don't deserve this escape of being able to watch people play games at a high level for entertainment. And and I hope that this further like breaks down this narrative that, you know, that athletes are just there for our entertainment and are not people and don't have, you know, the same kind of feelings that we as you know your everyday human or everyday american have and that they are entitled to voicing those opinions and doing what is in their power to make that known when you have a platform use it for good use it for the betterment of of all of humanity and for you know what what this country ultimately wants to be so i just i agree with your opening thought natty where it's just like there was an opportunity here with yet another instance of police brutality, yet another instance of racial profiling, yet another instance of, you know, of unnecessary violence towards a black man, seeing a black, seeing skin color as a threat, uh, regardless of the situation. Uh, and shout, you know, all the love and respect to the Bucks for being like, we are not stand like we are not letting this go unnoticed. And then other teams, I know before the Bucks took a stand, I know that there was talks that the Raptors and Celtics were talking about postponing or or you know going on right, strike for their game one. And, yeah, right. And so there's and so it's just like players are recognizing that look, this is these are our avenues of getting changed. And and for all these people out there who are like, oh man, if I was making a million dollars, I would love to sit out and not you know, fucking Jared Kushner, who is like, oh, LeBron's making a lot of money. Like, he has the ability to do this. Fuck you, Jared Kushner. Like, what have you ever done? Like, yeah, what, have, what, what have you worked off, a day man. in your goddamn life? But, and so just like, strikes strikes aren't new. This is how shit gets done. Like, this is how you have uh, fucking, what are they called? Uh, unions. Like, unions. This is all formed yeah. from, from strike. Like, the players are recognizing this is what we can control. We are going to do this to institute change. And you know what? Like we talked about it. It worked. It worked on some mm -hmm. level 
to on an initial thing. And I totally think you're right, Natty, where it's like the players know that this is their, they have this platform, they have this power. And so we're, we're, if another instance occurs or if they, if the NBA doesn't take the immediate action that they want, they're going to do it again. And they have every right to do it again. And we as American people, I mean, certainly us on this podcast, but we as Amer like respect that decision, do it, make it so that this, these changes fundamentally happen and become a part of daily society. I completely agree. And, you know, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but you know, like why should they play down to the lowest common denominator? Why, why should they accept not doing the best they can in the best way they know how to like there's Giannis doesn't owe anybody a goddamn right. thing. Right. And the very idea that they should not use everything that they have when they have it is contrary to what, you know, some people in this country, like Jared Kushner, a guy who probably wears knee-high socks and, you know, a collared shirt <laughs> when he plays basketball, if he ever has. But he uses everything at his disposal all of the time. At, why shouldn't everybody else? How do you think he got his job? Tell me. Tell me, yeah, Jared. Did you I earn mean, that job? Right. No. Totally. Um, there's no good goddamn reason why the players shouldn't express themselves. This is hands raised at the Olympics. Yeah. This is yeah. Bill Russell walking out of a game. This is the Cleveland Summit. This is there there is a long and proud history of people of color taking a stand. And this is another this is building upon those things and hopefully it will be building for future generations because Obviously, things aren't going to change overnight, and more work is going to needed to be done for decades and decades, if not forever. There, there's no reason the players shouldn't be doing this. They don't owe anyone anything. Um, they owe themselves to do this. They're being men right now in a country that was built by unions, by the way, in a United States. They are exercising their freedoms. Chris Paul, who's one of the smartest dudes in the league, in sports, in the world, he is the head of the NBA Players Association. Like, he knows the history of unions and fights. And Jalen Brown, by the way, go Celtics. That oh dude. Oh, my God. Like Fucking he's going to be head of the union someday. Oh my God. I, it's, Brad Stevens has gone on, has gone on record for this a couple of times, but like he he's adamant in that Jalen Brown is going to have a larger impact off the court than on the court. And it's so true. Jalen Brown, I just think is, is set up for, for a phenomenal career outside of basketball as something, I mean, politician advocate, what have you. And to bring it back to Masai Ujiri, who had to, on the be one of the best nights of his life yeah. when his Raptors, the team he built yeah. and gave the opportunity to, and then he has to suffer through the humiliation and the bullshit of getting accosted at in, in the same fucking room where he just became a champion. Oh, and, and shocking, shocking. They lied about it. And they still are like, they're still, denying. and they still are because, because fuck the video evidence. Like God forbid that that is proof of anything. 
it, but that's the thing about all this video evidence and body camera footage and people having phones, visceral visual evidence does change things. It yes. does change the conversation. This is not a new phenomenon. Black people and people of color, th- yep. this has been happening to them the whole time, even worse. I mean, just think about how many murders occurred during the 50s. Just think mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. how many murders occurred that we'll never know about. And again, there's like, how could you tell someone not to stand up for themselves? Mm-hmm. The players, if you can't be safe, then be brave. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a moment filled with potential if you let it go by then you're letting yourself down and the bucks and the raps and and everybody now like they're they have come to the realization that the country that doesn't love them as much as they love the country to paraphrase doc rivers who knows a thing or two i believe his dad was a police officer there you know like why again why shouldn't they do their best Why shouldn't they stand up as hard as they can? Why shouldn't they use every available tool at their disposal to try to change things for the better? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the last thing I'll say on the matter um, before we get into talking sports, which feels weird, but uh, is that like, like you said, Natty, I mean, obviously black men, black people in this country, people of color have been fighting for this change for a long time long time and these injustices have been happening to them since the founding of this country since before i mean right it's so systemic that like we say people of color but that's a qualifier too yeah you know like it's almost like saying that the baseline of people is just white people so when you want to say someone who's not well you have to qualify the word people that's Mm -hmm. the semantics behind all of this is just another example of how deeply ingrained how it's the entire country is structured upon the oppression of certain people. It's an apartheid state. It always has been. We don't call it that, but it's absolutely obvious and in everybody's face right now, especially because Blake was shot seven times in the back. He was then in a hospital handcuffed to his bed facing felony charges. Now, what I read this afternoon is that the police removed those charges and took the bracelets off, but give me a fucking break. Like, that's, that, that's just another blatant example of how fucked up the system is. Yeah. But it's, and, and what, it, what I was going to say to finish that is my thought was just that, like, it's, this, it's now on us white people white men in particular but white people like it's we need to help do things be a part of the movement and listen to this call and take action so yeah it's not just voting like there's there's so much to do there's so much to do and even if all of this wasn't occurring right now the hurricane that just hit the United States of America, like climate change and fatal weather affects people of color more than it affects white people. And they are more vulnerable. It's going to be a really, really, really difficult century for everybody. But the systems that have been put in place all across the world 
are advantageous to white people. And we need to change that because it is a horrendous abomination on the soul of humanity. And God bless, I mean, revere the deer. God bless mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks. God bless Giannis. God bless George Hill. God bless Sterling Brown, who mm-hmm. is very familiar with police yep. oppression. Go read his got uh, tased. Art, Yeah, read his yeah. story in the Players' Tribune if you don't know what we're talking about. Right. And, you know, it's there's a long history of black athletes getting pushed around by cops in this country. Like, even look at Boogie. You know, yep. Boogie Cousins getting in trouble for just being at a block party with a bunch of weed. Like, give me a fucking break. There's, uh, what's his face from the Hawks? Tabo Cephalosha. Tabo got, his, got his arm broke or his leg broken by an NYPD cop. By NYPD, yep. Yeah. On the cusp of the playoffs, if I recall correctly. Like, this is, it, you can't ignore it anymore. You can't dismiss it. And you can't let sports be a distraction. You have to let sports be themselves which is an inspiration think about all of the cool things through sports history they're all inspiring jackie breaking the uh, you know like it's they're always proved right in the end everybody who takes a stand for integrity and for liberty and for justice they're always proved right so let's let's jump on right now let's be our best let's do this damn that my friends is a motherfucking rally call right there could not have said Can't it better be safe, myself. Be brave. Uh, all right. Well, we are going to, uh, we'll talk, let's talk a little bit of uh, a round two predictions uh, after we take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. And now we are going to shift <laughs> and and talk basketball as crazy as hey they're gonna play basketball you they're know like play. this, is, this I, is i'm gonna watch every single goddamn Hell fucking yeah. game from now on every single one yeah so uh the east is pretty much figured out obviously the sixers and the raptors and the heat all swept their uh or sorry excuse me the celtics raptors and Heat. <laughs> Woo. wow Woo. <laughs> Wow. I would not be here on this podcast today if the Sixers had swept the Celtics. Can you imagine if Let the record Simmonsless Sixers Christ. team had destroyed you? Awful. Uh, and are you and the Bucks are the Bucks great. are three one against the Magic and are presumably going to take that series pretty easily. So let's And start again, they were willing to take a three right. two. Right. To in order to make a statement. So let's start with the East then and let's talk round two. Just kind of our predictions, our thoughts for how for how it could play out. So, Natty, we have Bucks Heat in the in the second round. 
what's is this is this uh we've talked about this bucks teams as not maybe looking as much of a championship contender as they wanted to be or maybe we wanted them to be has that changed for you or are the heat going to be a formidable opponent the heat are totally dangerous if their shooting keeps up they are they are lethal like that's a team that i could see if they just remain on fire from outside i could see them being in the finals because they work so you know they're so on the same page they're such a team they work so well together jimmy was so smart to go there and andre Iguodala is there um but i still i'm gonna go i'm gonna be conservative pete i'm gonna be a white guy who's conservative i still feel that Giannis is the best player on the court so i'm still feeling like even though it's maybe a bad matchup for the bucks i still think they would win that series but bam versus Giannis is fucking awesome yeah i have a hard like not that i have a hard time seeing the uh the bucks being able to or sorry the heat being able to take on the bucks and beat them but i think you're i i feel like the bucks are going to get their shit together now and and like have purpose you know or or another purpose uh in this playoffs And, and maybe they come out even more focused and even more ready to go and and taking it a little more seriously we talked about this whatever one podcast ago i think uh about the lakers and about the clippers who both came out kind of slow out of the gate and it's these teams these top seeds who didn't need to who didn't take the first eight games seriously and were uh unlike toronto unlike toronto and the celtics um so yeah so but i i don't foresee I would be surprised if the Bucks lost, but I think this will be obviously a good series. I would think that it goes to six. Bucks win uh, four to two would be my thought. I think if the Bucks lose, it's because the Heat um, just shut down Chris Middleton. Like you can't shut down Giannis. You know, like he's even if he has a bad game, he's not going to have a majority of bad games in a seven-game series. So I think it means that the heat will try to go after the other players on Milwaukee and, you know, we're going to see what they're made out of. Yeah. Uh, But that's going to be a tough series. I think it's going to be good. I'm I'm excited for that. I'm also, I mean, outside of being a a Celtics fan, Dr. Pete is also excited for Celtics Raptors. And part of me kind of thinks, part of me kind of thinks that uh, whoever's coming out of the East is the one coming out of this game. Am I wrong? I do agree with that. <laughs> I, yes. First of all, we've been on the wraps since before the season began. Since um, before it was cool. So try to catch up, you guys. Right. They're like, we love Kyle Lowry. We love Kyle Lowry. And uh, Pascal and fucking OG Anna. Like, everybody on that team is cool. Norm fucking Powell, say his name. <laughs> and the fact that they have a really good coach with playoff experience, which you can't really say that Bud in Milwaukee has wowed anybody, and you can't really say that Stevens has wowed anybody yet. Get out of here. Stevens has wowed the world. Also, you know, Boston doesn't have one of their best players, unless you don't think that Gordon is one of their best players. Well, we've talked about this a lot. Is Gordon a top-five player on that team? Well, not right now. (laughs) Even healthy. I, I mean, 
I would obviously rather have Marcus Smart than Gordo. Yeah, you know, that's, are, are we too but that's high? Just because, yeah, of course. Like, obviously, you'd rather have him. a more talented player. Much. I'd rather so have Marcus much. Smart than Giannis. Just kidding. Question mark. <laughs> but the thing is, Gordon Hayward sinks his fucking free throws. That he is sinks fair. His he is. free throws. Now, he's not the player anymore where you think every time he puts up a three, he's going to make it. But he's still a dangerous, ultra talented person that Boston won't have. And when you're going up against a team as deep and as talented and as experienced and knowledgeable as Toronto, that's rough. Like you want everything. You want right. everybody ready. Right. And and the depth is what you were talking about. Because without Gordo, it means now that like Shemi is playing major minutes. You're going to have to play. I mean, we saw um Shemi and well, I mean, you just means Cantor and Tice. I love Tice, so I don't won't say a bad oh, thing. Oh, Tice, Tice has been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tice has been but, but like Cantor, Cantor, I don't Rob even Williams. know if you can play him that much in this series, though. It's gonna be tough. Like the players he's going up against, he's going up against Surge and Big Spain. Yeah. And he can't play defense as well as they can. I it, he's gonna be he's gonna be like a I just feel like he's going to they're going to really limit his minutes, but they're gonna put him in, in crucial minutes to get offensive boards and to utilize his offensive i feel like he's going to be on the on the flip whenever like gasol or surge aren't on or when they think that the front court for the raptors is a little bit tired and canter's you know ready to go and run right exactly canter could just run game against them in terms of both on the boards and uh and offensively because man there were some sequences against the sixers where God, I as a Celtics fan who has longed for someone to get a goddamn offensive rebound, it was beautiful watching <laughs> him being able to just like vacuum them up. He has a certain set of skills. <laughs> a certain <laughs> quote. And you don't want to take his daughter. A movie. Right. And uh actually we shouldn't make those jokes because his family back home That's true. in yeah. Uh anyway, God bless Bad on us. Cantor, who was sorry, also Anna. sorry, Annis. Um, an admirable guy. I mean, he's Amazing playing person. under circumstances that are completely surreal and terrifying that most other people wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Uh, but Boston versus Toronto, this is just such a fucking delicious matchup. Man. It's gonna be so like good. Kemba versus Kyle, you know, Ugh. smart versus the world. Jalen Brown is going to be furious, and then Let's not forget a guy named Jason Tatum. Who's Let's not forget good. about the MVP, bitches. Like, I don't think this is the series where Jason Tatum goes to center because that's a little rough against these raps. But if the Raptors ever decide to go real small, then holy fucking shit, that is going to be incredibly exciting. Yeah. I think I don't I think that this is going to be absolute bloodbath i don't see this not going to seven games like i would be amazed if this oh it it better it fucking that's my wish like what are you talking about don't disappoint me it will go to seven i want it to go to eight games pete like they just (laughs) they keep playing it just doesn't stop yeah Um, and i think it's going to go to seven and if the celtics win i think the the eastern conference finals is where like where uh, Tatum is going to cement himself as a top, you know, an upper echelon NBA perennial all-star. Let's start talking about him as an MVP guy year in and year out. Like the level that Luca has hit against the Clippers, where it's just like, 
holy shit, this dude is here and he has arrived. And he plays he's, defense. And he plays defense because he's flirted with that. There have been moments of that, but his shooting was a little off against the Sixers. It took him a little bit of time to kind of get that clicked in. And I think the Raptors, we've talked about, their defense is just so goddamn good that I think it's just going to be a slugfest. This series is just going to be who can outlast the other. And then in the Eastern Conference Final, presumably against the Bucs, uh, like we thought earlier, then I think it's just going to, it's going to be like Giannis center stage. Let's do this versus Tatum, who's just being like, Tatum is like, all right, get on my back, broad shoulders. We're doing this. And Tatum and Jalen are five minutes old. Like just oh, imagine five years when they're 27 and 28 or whatever, or 26, whatever. They're not in their prime right now. Like, think about that. They're not in their prime right now. Neither is Luca. Like, neither is Ben Simmons, really. A bunch of people aren't in their primes. They're either five years away from them or, like, getting closer to them, like Giannis. We're about to enter an incredibly awesome decade of basketball. And I don't think that there's going to be one singular figure like there was LeBron in the aughts and the tens. It's going to be, like, five to seven different people that are all just fucking sick. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And Tatum's there. Like I could see, like we, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I pontificated and, you know, I only know one thing and it's that Luca and Giannis are going to win MVPs, but I think Tatum is going to be a third dude there. I think he's that good. The league is in a very good position moving forward. And you know what? That's another reason why losing Simmons and not having a really good series um, for the Sixers sort of sucks. Because I do mm. feel like Embiid and Simmons are two of those guys. Like, if Embiid had a full-on awesome season, why couldn't he be MVP? You know? And if Simmons was on a team where they constructed it properly, like last year when they almost got to the Eastern Conference Finals, having shooters around two non-shooters, like he, his defense is otherworldly. Like yeah. Simmons' defense, if he had been in, if he hadn't gotten injured, Simmons' defense would be one of the most lethal things in the bubble. So we're on the cusp of a really awesome period in the NBA. And that's another reason why all of the social justice yep. movements that they're getting, it's like this is. It's so good. The NBA is in such a good spot right now, even though I know it's painful. But it's shades of things to come. This is good. I totally agreed. Let's bounce over to the West. Uh, And even though none of these games have been decided yet, we are going to have to have games to figure them out. We, I feel like, I think the Lakers have cemented themselves over Portland. I think that's- Oh, totally. And Dave left the bubble. And like Dame left the bubble. Yeah. That's right. So they're done. they're done. So that's Lakers are moving on. Uh, so let's start there, I guess. Let's start with the Lakers and then Thunder and Rockets. They're tied, right? That's 2 2 there. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, baby. Yes. Who's your pick out of there? Okay. There's two possibilities if Sergeant Russell West, Westbrook comes back or not. Mm. Um, the Thunder ended up doing what we thought that they would do, which is they played. The Rockets game. They went small and they out rockets the Rockets. But if Houston sinks their shots, then they're incredibly difficult to defeat. When they go cold, it's really easy to beat them. 
yep. which is the same old story that it's been for the last four years. Like if if they can't make threes, then that team sucks. Because there's just because they're they don't solely have, built to make threes. They don't have plays. Like D'Antoni doesn't call plays. You know, like they're they're not designed to be a team that can operate without Harden. They need Harden and they need to be able to, for Harden to be Harden, they need to be able to sink their shots. So it all depends on their shooting stroke. I still like the Thunder more. I just feel like that team has more pieces and looks better. They're also less likely to fall victim to just variants because they're sure. not shooting as much as the Rockets are. Um, and, you know, Chris Paul, I love Chris. I love the point God. And I really want to see him beat the Rockets. So I'm using sentiment as well. I'm still hey, picking man. the Thunder to beat. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right. Well, so then if we were projecting Lakers Thunder round two, what's your vibe on that? Or, the or, Lakers or maybe, offense does not exist. No, Did you know maybe, that? There's no <laughs> offense. They don't have it. Yeah. Yeah, they like lost they're, it. Like, we, we were worried about their, guard, their guards not shooting well. Where the fuck is Anthony Davis? Like, yeah. he scored some points and had some good games, but then you look at his shot charts and how much blue there is. You're like, what's going on here? I, I think some of that is a consequence of going big. And when Anthony Davis is playing power forward, that means that there's one of these schmoes, you know, in the paint and Anthony Davis's jump shot just isn't there right now. So if he can't make outside shots from anywhere except the left corner, then what is the point of Anthony Davis? It just means that LeBron has to have a triple double and like a couple of the guards and perimeter players sink enough shots. So I think that a guard heavy team, like if the Thunder it almost doesn't matter who comes out of the Thunder Rockets series because their guards are better than uh, the Lakers guards and they can actually score. The Lakers need to turn it on. Like their defense is great. Blah, blah, blah. LeBron is amazing. Blah, blah, blah. The brow needs to sink some shots and they need to, you know, like turn it on a little bit. You can't just win because of defense. You need to be able to have a fucking offense too. And they look awful. Like, I, th- I think they were bottom five in the bubble in offensive efficiency. That's not good. No. <laughs> to say the like, least. And, and they don't hit their free throws. So it's like, you can get to the line, but if you're only going to make six of ten, then what's the fucking point? So here's my question to you. If you were the Lakers, whose offense is struggling, hasn't, has, hasn't been able to find it yet, who would you rather face in round two, the Thunder or the Rockets? I would rather face the Thunder because if I was the co- like if I was Vogel, I yeah. would say, all right, Brow, you're our starting center. We're not doing this fucking shit anymore. Um, <laughs> because, yo, speaking of the, f- like, Steven Adams hasn't looked great. Yeah. Like he might not be able to play against the Rockets that well. So I just sort of feel like the Lakers make more sense when AD's at the five. Sure. And because it means that there's just more space for him and there's more space for Braun. There's more space for drives. Uh, You know, you don't have these guys like clogging up the paint and shutting down lanes and 
they, the ball can move better. Like you want ball movement and you want outside shooting and you want people to be able to get to the rim. I think that the Lakers, I actually feel like the Lakers would beat the Thunder maybe pretty easily, but but only because of, in my mind, you know, putting AD where he should be. Right, like, but we don't you, need Dwight Howard anymore. Yeah, no, that's fair. See, I think I think the Lakers. I don't think it's going to matter who the Lakers play because even with their offensive woes, just because I mean, on the Rockets, who's guarding AD? Okay, DJ yeah, Tucker. I mean, sure, fair enough. Yeah, there's, but if he's not sinking shots, then who needs to guard him? You know right. what I mean? No. I mean, and I do think that the Rockets pose more of a worry because if they, if the Lakers don't find their offense and the Rockets are able to just like, if Sergeant Westbrook comes back and the Rockets are able to just basically be the, you know, shoot 53s a game and hit 35 of them, like the Lakers aren't going to keep up with that. And I still feel like Harden is the third best player after LeBron and Kawhi. Like he's a force of nature. He yep. can win games by himself. If he like the Rockets lose games because everybody else it, either like Harden had a bad game and everybody else did well, or everybody else had a bad game and Harden did well, you know? Right. So getting Westbrook back will help, um, even though it'll look pretty strange. But it, the Lakers, if you can't score, then why do you think that you'll be able to beat Houston, who scores all of the points? Uh, all right, well, let's finish up the West then. Let's talk uh, two teams, a series that we were dead wrong on. Uh, yeah. Nuggets, Jazz, Jazz up 3-2 against the Nuggets, and then Clippers, Mavericks, Clippers up 3-2, but damn, that has been a tremendous series. Luka Doncic's coming out party. Hello and welcome. Uh, your, let's, instead of doing, instead of talking about, I mean, we, we can touch on a little bit of what we think will ultimately come out of each of these games, and we can make it brief, but I do want to start what would be your ideal round two matchup between these four teams? Oh, Dallas, Denver, obviously. <laughs> like, okay. Let's, let's cool. have Joker versus <laughs> Luca. Um, but I think it'll be Utah versus Clippers. And that's cool too, because Utah showed us like Don Mitch is for fucking real. Yeah. Him and Gobert, like maybe they're not the best of friends, but they're definitely simpatico they down they on the court. each other. And that's the thing. And that, like quickly we'll talk like, and we'll get back to this. I promise. But quickly, that is what the Sixers need to do. Sure. Like the jazz have built, they have a traditional big and Rudy Gobert who cannot shoot a fucking three and have. Oh yeah. Doesn't with, even try. Yeah. Doesn't even try. And I've paired him with a player who can score all over the court and whose three-point game has like magically just ascended to a whole nother level. Don Mitch's three-point shooting has been phenomenal in the bubble. That is what the Sixers need to do. If you're going to build around Joel Embiid or build around Ben Simmons, either one of those guys. To me, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are Rudy Gobert. Find whoever of those you're keeping, find them a a Don Mitch, which is, yes, a hard thing to do. But like when you're thinking of how to mold the Sixers, the Jazz are an excellent example of how to mold the Sixers. Anyways, Nuggets Jazz. But also for Utah, I mean, they didn't really fall into – they were forced to fall into this. You know, like right. they wouldn't look this way if Boyan was there, probably. No, that's super true. And uh, we – before the series started, we said, you know, this series is going to come down to guards, and we were fucking right because Don Mitch versus Jamal. It's Murray, 
he's had two bad games, but then the other ones have all just been all timers. He looks fucking so goddamn great. Jokic has maybe not looked awesome. Uh, their defense, I th- or lack of, is going to be the thing that kills them, I think. But um, Jordan Clarkson on Utah, holy shit. Welcome to the Jordan Clarkson. Like, this is what he was meant to be. Um, and they Utah just looks like a better team. They really do. And if Denver didn't have Murray playing galactic level awesome the way he has been for a few of these games, then the series would already be over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've, they, I'm the Nuggets like they are going to no defense. The Nuggets ever. are going to be a, uh, it's going to be an interesting off season for the Nuggets to kind of figure their shit out because this is a, this is the second year in a row where they have not lived up to expectations inside, inside the playoffs against the team. Now Utah, like no one picked Utah before the series, nobody. Um, so because they were, they seem to be the ones that were lacking in depth and maybe lacking in talent. Like Joe Ingles can have like a plus 17 player rating for the game and score two points. That's how yeah. fucking weird the Utah team has been doing. And Mike Conley's there and it's great. Um, Denver. So the Jazz Jazz are knocking out the Nuggets. I, I think so. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. They have looked like the better team and they have at this moment, the better player. They have the best player in the series, which is totally. what, which and is what have- wins, cha- wins series they have defense. Yep. Uh, they have maybe a better coach. Also, Denver, like their best defensive players are the ones that are out. So it's like I thought that Utah would be the weaker team because they were missing their offense. But it turns out that Denver's the weaker team because they're missing their defense. Yeah. And that's what the playoffs prove to you all the time. So I was dumb to pick that for <laughs> uh all right quickly clippers and mavericks it's been a phenomenal series it's been great to see luca and the unicorn jive together and like that team be what we thought it could be i think that we are seeing now that the like the clippers are going to win it and they might even win it next game and go for it too uh even with paul george uh, not being able to hit a shot. That being said, he did do an interview talking about mental health, uh, which I thought was, you should definitely listen to it if you can. It was very well said and extremely important to just talk about the drain that being a professional athlete, especially in the bubble. Like I, I, I hearing him talk about it was just like, and, and it just is important to remind yourself that like the bubble sounds great and fun because you're like, oh, I'm just surrounded with other my colleagues. But it's like, there's no family there's your this is your life and there's no escape from that and that just like the exhaustion that that can have on you when you're not able to really take breaks uh dude and it's not like your teammates are your best friends like everybody's at a work retreat for fucking four months (laughs) you know like this isn't like you lay back and you're trying to relax and then you're like oh shit that dude that i hate on my team is coming over to talk to me and you can't escape so um like it seems like Paul George just needed to get it off his chest because then he had a fucking ridiculous awesome game. And I yeah. still believe in the almighty power of Kawhi and PG thirteen. Like their two way play it's should just, be able to yeah. defeat almost anybody. 
I agree. I agree. All right. So I think they will ultimately come out there, which means you're going to get a jazz Clippers game, which I am here for. You're right, man. If you had, to, if you had told me that that was the matchup bright as uh, you know, the, the round one started, I'd have been like, do I really, yeah, you do don't you watch really basketball. You're a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Don Mitch, man, welcome. Welcome to the big leagues, Don. This is why playoffs. This is why it's fucking idiotic that the Suns aren't in the playoffs, man. Because playoffs give a platform for young players to take that step, right. and it's so huge in development. And Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton in the goddamn playoffs would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, and Mikael Bridges and Rubio. You know, like Rubio is still a Ricky lot of fun Rubio. to watch. Um, they'll be there next year? Question mark. I hope so. Let let please please. Let like them. some of these teams are going to have to fall out of the West, you know, like, so or can we just permanently move Phoenix to the East? And I know it makes no sure. sense, but let's just sure. do that. Let's Absolutely. Just yeah. The West can have Orlando. That's fine. Perfect. That's totally Done. cool. <laughs> but like, this is also, I mean, would that be chalk for the West? Mm. It would be LA, Utah, Lakers. Oh, it depends on Houston. No Casey. Um, but it could be, you know, yeah. So there's such exciting guard play going on in the West and there's really exciting wing play going on in the East. And that collision in the finals is going it's to be gonna extremely be. interesting. Yeah. I'm here for it. Well, uh, we've got, there's still so much good basketball ahead of us. And while I am glad that basketball is continuing to happen, also would have fully supported no basketball. We fully support whatever NBA players choose to do because it is their lives, their jobs. They are allowed to do whatever they want. uh, And we support any decision they come up with and make. We are fans of them as people, not just players. We believe in them. Fucking men. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy uh, football podcast. So tune in to them. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the long two pod. It's either pod or podcast. One of the two. Type in both and see which one comes up. I can't remember. Take a shot. Be like Mellow. See what happens. Uh, Natty, I'll talk to you next week. Be safe, buddy. You too. Have a good one.